What up you guys, it's Coach Rod here with another episode. Today we're going to talk about can Toronto close it out in five games and is there trouble in the camp of Golden State with Kevin Durant and his injury and what does that shape up for this year's free agency. This and much more on this upcoming episode. Hey, cue the music. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's been a while, been a minute since we talked and chatted up. Um, but I'm back, just been kind of moving and grooving, trying to get some stuff situated so I can give y'all the best quality podcast that I can. But um, we on the eve of game five. Um, it's Sunday, Sunday evening at the time of this recording. So either by the time you hear this, we either have a new champion and a first time ever champion in the Toronto Raptors or we're going to have a game six in Oakland, the Oracle, the final game in Oracle. Um, that will be complete. That will be so that will be so interesting to see how that goes um, since they're they're shutting the doors of Oracle out to 47 seasons. Uh, if I'm correct, it's the long, longest standing building in the NBA. Um, and now they're shutting it down. So pretty much, you know, everything's going to be new now. It ain't no more. Um, landmarks, as you can call them, in the NBA no more. So, you know, they're building an arena right across the bridge. It's, I think they said a $5 billion. Don't quote me on it, but I know it's in the bills. I know it, I know it's in the bees, but uh, uh, I want to say it's $5 billion arena. Um, you know, so maybe that will entice Kevin Durant to stay one more year, um, but they have to win it. They have to win it, in my opinion. But now that I now that I got done, you know, babbling on, let's get into the topic at hand. Game five in Toronto. This may be the first time in NBA history and Toronto Raptors history that I ain't even gonna say Toronto. We might as well say the whole country of Canada, the Canada Raptors. That's really what they need to call them, because. I don't know if y'all saw the, the post game on NBA TV with Kenny, Shaq, Chris Webber. It was over 2,000 fans still in the arena. Toronto Raptors fan, might I, might I say, that was still in the arena celebrating, saying, let's go Raptors. We the North. Like, literally, Toronto the country of Canada is embracing this moment because it's been a long time coming. And let's be real. This is the first ever superstar. Let's, I'm not being disrespectful to DeMar Rosen. He's an all-star. But Kawhi Leonard is a superstar. Someone who is literally a, a franchise and changing player as he done this year. As you've seen with DeMar DeRozan, they get to conference finals. They win 50 games, almost 60. But as you see with Kawhi Leonard, not only did they win 50 plus games, they're in the finals. And they're one game away from dethroning the champs. Now, it's a little bit unfair 
to kind of jump because we're all prisoners of the moment so we're already jumping Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the league you know blah 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 I already gave you my list but Giannis Giannis kind of excuse me Giannis kind of dropped in that list because of how he went out in the playoffs against Kawhi Um, but it still don't change the fact that I really want. I was really anticipating to see the matchup: Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, because that that is going to solve who is going to be named the best player in the world this upcoming 2019-2020 season. Because you get to see a one-on-one matchup, and as much as it's going to be a team game, when you're deep this deep in the playoffs, it's all about superstars. It's all about superstars. As you can see, Curry is a superstar. I don't care what nobody say. People can hate. People can talk about Curry not this or not that. Curry is a six-foot guard. It's hard for a little guard to to take over as easy as it is for someone who's 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 7' foot in Kevin Durant. Because you're always going against giants and trees and Basketball is a tall man game. Let's be real. It's a tall man game. So what Curry is doing and what he did, what was it, game three? When he dropped 47? Tell me. I just want to know. Tell me. What did anybody else do that really just impact the game besides what Curry was doing? Don't worry. I'll wait. I'll give you a few seconds. It was nobody on that team that did anything. Not Draymond, not Andre Iguodala, not Sean Livingston. Nobody that did anything to help Curry out to at least give them a chance to win. But I do got to give Curry this criticism. The same energy he came out with game three, he didn't do it in game four. He didn't. And I believe if he would have stayed as aggressive as he was in game four as he was in game three, as well as Klay Thompson staying aggressive. Cause that's the one who everybody sleep on. Draymond is not. Let's get let's let's correct this 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 narrative that's being played. Clay is not a fourth option. Please stop that. Please stop that narrative. Clay's the fourth option. No, he's not. Draymond is. Cause you can't tell me if we in if we in a pickup game, we we just normal people in the hood playing basketball. You cannot tell me someone's going to pick up Draymond before they pick up Clay. And if you are, I worry about you. Unless you just got Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Damian. Even then, I'm still picking Clay. Because Clay is literally a two-way player. A two-way, and not only a, a just a two-way player, he's an elite, elite two-way player. So let's quit this narrative that Clay Thompson is a fourth option. If he's a fourth option, I'm <laughs> if he's a fourth option, then people really, really need to question their bas- basketball knowledge. Cause when I see Clay Thompson, he literally sometimes can be even the second best player on the team, depending on the night. And the thing I like about Golden State is whoever has a hot hand, they will feed it. They will feed the hot hand. When you see Steph Curry going, and I'm talking about when all, all everybody is healthy and playing. When they see Steph Curry going, when they see him shimmying, it, that's kind of the signal. Like, I'm feeling it. Let me get a heat check. He hits another one. 
All right, now let's run plays for him because he's the one who's hot. We can do all the other stuff. Rebound, push the pace, play good defense, close out, push the pace. These are the things that really separate Golden State from everybody else. And this is why they've been to five straight finals. And Klay Thompson, if I'm Toronto Raptors, I am not letting Klay touch the ball. Game five. I am not. And I hate to do this because everybody is doing this. Compared to OKC and I want to say it was 2016. Yeah, 2016 when they was down 3-1. Who was the guy who brought them back in a series by himself pretty much? It was Klay Thompson. Steph Curry is more of a front-running scorer. Not saying that he can't score when they down, but when you see Steph Curry exploding is when the game is either close or they breaking the game wide open. Klay Thompson has the attitude of, fuck it, I don't care if we down 10, we up 10, we up 20, I am going to shoot the same shot I always shoot. I'm going to be aggressive. It's almost seemed like Klay Thompson actually want to be down because this is the time where he really shines the most. Because that game in OKC, was it game five? It was game five. The third quarter, it was all Klay Thompson. Everything ran through Klay. If you don't believe me, it's on YouTube. Everything, you know we all got access to the internet. We got access to everything. Go look on YouTube. Go look on NBA.com. If you don't believe me, check the stats yourself. Because Klay Thompson, when Golden State need a win the most, Klay Thompson is the guy to go to. And if I'm Toronto, if I'm Nick Nurse, and I'm going to go to, I'm going to get to him in a quick second because he is doing an outstanding job as a rookie NBA head coach. But if I'm Toronto Raptors and Nick Nurse, I am not letting Klay go off at all. At all. So, <laughs> with that being said, game five is so important for Toronto because they already know. I think everybody everybody expect them to play desperate, but I think Kawhi Leonard's the only one who has the experience to know how desperate they're going to play in the sense of urgency Toronto needs to play with because every possession counts. Every one of them. So, like I said, if I'm Nick Nurse, my main, my number one thing on the scouting report is do not let Klay Thompson go off. I refuse to. I, <laughs> hey, if all four of them is, all five on there, Klay, Steph, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousin, Draymond Green, I am going to let Draymond Green and DeMarcus Cousin beat me. I'm, I'm sagging off them too. And I'm rooting for it. And I'm, I'm rooting for Boogie. I'm rooting for him. Because I'm so happy that he's finally, finally in the playoff. Even though it was cut short. And we're not getting a full emphasis of what Boogie can do. And the stupidity of the old media talking about Boogie can't fit this system. Look. What was the main thing we always said the Warriors don't have? A true low post presence. You think Boogie can't do that? I was so happy game two, how Boogie played for the simple fact. I'm 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 never gonna be a hater. Ever. Not when it comes to just 
things like this. I, I try not to be a hater. I try to criticize without being biased. But Boogie has been, he probably had the worst career from a, from a standpoint of management, team management out of everybody on Golden State. Because when he was with Sacramento, <laughs> yo, that, that, was, that was a tragedy. And they finally getting it together. They, they finally are. They seem like they got a good young core. But not to get off topic again. He went, he went to Sacramento. Horrible management. He went to New Orleans. He blew his Achilles out after having it. Like, it seems like him and AD was starting to get some type of chemistry. And it was going to be a problem. They was really going. A couple more pieces with that New Orleans team. They could have been championship contenders. They could have. AD, Rondo, Boogie, Drew Holiday. You add some outside shooting to that and some good defenders, you really have a threat to really knock off Golden State early. But that's besides the point. I'm happy for Boogie for some fact. He finally, he finally seems like he had the chance to showcase his skills. And what I was hoping and wishing for that didn't happen was he get injured again, compensating for that Achilles. Because everybody know it's more of a mental battle than anything. You almost have to reprogram your brain to do everything on a balanced equilibrium. Because sometimes you can favor, was it his right? It was his right Achilles that he blew out. And then it was his right quad that he blew. So compensating so much for, for so much of what you was trying to do for the simple fact you're injured and your body's like, nah, last time we, we did this full speed, shoot, I got hurt. So your body automatically goes into safe mode. So just seeing that, like, I, I want Boogie to succeed so bad. I don't care what it I really, I really, really, like, that was one of the main reasons I want to go say the win. I wanted Boogie to get a ring. I really do. But... With that being said about injuries, it's trouble in the camp of the Warriors for the simple fact. <laughs> and I'm not quoting this word for word. It's just something that I heard on NBA TV with um, Stephen A. Smith. and um, Not Stephen A. Smith, but Steve Smith. And um, can't remember the other analyst name. White guy. Can't remember his name. He's pretty cool. Pretty good at what he does. But he was saying how Andre Iguodala, Andre Iguodala Kevin Looney, uh, who else? Um, Clay Thompson. They're all playing through their injuries. And they're starting to wonder why KD is not out there. And this is just something that I heard. This is not something that I'm pushing or saying is true. It's not that. But they're saying everybody is playing through injuries. Are you really that hurt where you can't play? And I, I said it when it first happened. That ain't no calf strain. And if it is, it's pretty damn bad. I believe it's probably a, a calf tear. I think he tore 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 uh, a muscle in his calf. That's just my opinion. Um, and everybody know the calf links up to the Achilles tendon. So pushing off and trying to explode vertically is extremely difficult. Uh, especially when it comes to Achilles injuries, you can't push off. You you play. You walk flat-footed. You try to. Try not to 
Because every time you take that step and get on the balls of your feet, it literally feels like, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this from experience because I have an Achilles. Uh, I had an Achilles injury, knock on wood. Um, but um, for the simple fact, when you try to push off with an Achilles injury, that, that shit hurt. <laughs> that, it hurts so bad. But I don't, I know people kind of stir up stories to kind of get stories out there to get clicks, get views, get hits. But I believe it ain't. I, I believe everybody know it's it's bad. But the crazy thing about it, I saw on my Twitter earlier this uh, afternoon, Kevin Durant cleared the practice. Man, I wish I would have got 100% KD or just about the same when it comes to because it's the matchup I want to see. KD and Kawhi Leonard. Best player in the league. It's not only about an NBA championship. Best player in the world is up for grabs. Who's gonna prove who's gonna prove that a great? I think I know Kawhi really don't care. He really don't care about that. He he really seems like he just loves playing basketball for what it is. Basketball. KD is kind of like he's a super competitor, but he loves basketball as well. And um, he's more like, look, I'm the best player in the world. It's not a mofo that can guard me on this planet, probably in this galaxy. Because I'm seven foot, I can handle, I can shoot from 30, I can get to the rack, I got a mid-range pull-up, and I can pass. Oh, and don't forget, I lock up on D, block shots, and rebound. So, Kawhi Leonard and KD was going to be the matchup I was just so excited to um, see. I was hoping he would be ready by game one, but it's still, you know, four games in, he's not ready. But wouldn't it be funny if, <laughs> if he come back and they come back from a 3-1, 3-1 lead and tie the series up? Now, that would be hilarious because you want to know what's funny? You, you remember those 22 games Kawhi Leonard was out and the Raptors won without him? And you never heard anybody say, oh, the Raptors are better without Kawhi Leonard. You never heard that. <laughs> you never. And I was laughing because uh, Ben Gundy and Mark Jackson said the same thing during broadcast. You don't never hear that when, when uh, Kawhi's out. They knew, okay, they're a good team. They're a collect, good collective group of team. And, I, and I'll be the first one to say, I had Milwaukee going to the finals. I did not know. They were going to embarrass Milwaukee at the at the way they did. And when I say embarrass, Milwaukee couldn't get nothing. Their offense was a standstill. And they literally play a 3-2 zone. A 3-2 zone. And shut down Giannis completely. It was a lack of movement. And then they tried to find the excuse of, ah, Drake. I'm a Giannis fan. I'm I'm an NBA fan. I'm a basketball fan. So when it comes to players who I understand the I understand the preparation every NBA player has to do to get to that level and stay at that level. From the first guy to the superstar all the way to the guy, the 15 guy on the bench who doesn't even dress out. I understand the preparation that every one of these guys has to do. The sacrifice of work that they have, the sacrifice of Family, let me rephrase that, of spending time with people and really honing in on your craft. I understand that. So 
I don't want to seem like I'm coming off disrespectful to any player, but the way they shut down Milwaukee was embarrassing. Middleton was a non-factor. Brogdon, as good as he played, he still was, <clears throat> and he was the best. Mil- he was the best buck of that series. Not Giannis. Giannis, and I hope I pray to God, Giannis, if you listen to this, this is my, this is my, this is what I have you do this offseason. I hope you're listening. Giannis, do not start shooting threes. And I'm going to repeat it. Do not start shooting threes. Work on your elbow pull-up. Because as you drive to the rack, people are already two feet under the basket. Why drive into the defense when you just pull up at the elbow and master that? Russell Westbrook was a master of it. Was. Keyword was. Because he don't do it no more. He was a master of that, and he was a serious problem for some fact. That was his shot. Giannis, if you are listening to me or anybody who know Giannis or communicate with, do not shoot the three. Just work on your elbow pull-up. Shoot from, learn how to shoot from both corners, mid-range, and shoot 500 shots from each elbow. Try to make 250 a day. Just to start off. Then when you get when you really get good, add 50 more to it. Alright, I gotta make 300 today. Alright, you did that for a month. Now work on making 450. Then by the end of the summer, by two weeks before the season start, start shooting, start making 500 from each elbow. That's how you that's how you perfect the shot. That's how you improve your skill set. Oh, and let's not forget this. Work on one, one. Your offseason does not have to be super complicated. Work on the 15-foot elbow jumper. Both elbows work on shooting the 15 foot from both corners. And then, this is the final thing. Add one, one post move with a counter. That's all you got to work on. Those the thing. Five things that you are, that you have to work on. Uh, post move, one post move with a counter. All right. Shooting the 15 foot jumper from both elbows in the corner. That's two a piece, so that's four. That's five things. But... No, we'll count that all as one. Here's the third thing. Improve your ball handling. Because Giannis, really, he just come at people full speed. He come at people full speed. And I got off topic. I know I did. But I just want to say this for some fact. People overcomplicate their offseason by trying to work on four, five, six things. No, you really only have to work on between one to three things. Really, that's all you really have to work on every single offseason. And you always have one that you emphasize the most. And his 15-foot jumper is the most emphasized. The other two is stuff that he needs to do in between every one of those shots. He ain't got to shoot two. He ain't got to shoot, make 250 straight. Shoot. All right. Make 250. Make make 100 this set in this certain amount of time. All right. Now, for the next five minutes, for the next five minutes, we're going to work on each rep. We're doing three. We're going to work on post moves. We're going to do three reps each side. Boom. Quick, hard, and fast and efficient. All right. Now, this last two minutes, shoot. We're going to work on a ball handling drill. All right. We're done with that. All right. Let's get back to shooting. Um, making 100 again from the other side of the elbow. Boom, boom, boom. These are things that he needs to work on. But let me get back on topic because I got off topic. I'm just dropping some knowledge for every trainer, coach, and player out there that's listening. Yo, check this out. So, I believe Nick Nurse should win Coach of the Year. Yes, I said it. He should win Coach of the Year, not Mike Bootenhoser. Because he destroyed Mike Bootenhoser for one. 
and two, people call him a first-time coach. Nick Nurse been coaching over 30 years. In every level, he won at. He coached in the D-League. He won two times in the D-League. He coached in Europe, well, over in England, the British Basketball League. He won a championship there. Everywhere he coached, he won. You see the pattern? He's coaching the Toronto Raptors. And as much as I I don't like, and I said Golden State in six, that's not going to happen now. It got to be in seven because I'm not shooting against the champs. Like somebody that got that, you win three out of four championships, you own the something. That's like betting against Mayweather. But everywhere he Everywhere he coached, he won. And as crazy as it is to say, he is going to win Toronto's first. He is going to coach Toronto to their first ever NBA championship. Let that sink in. Everywhere he coached, he won. So this guy is a winner. He's a master. He And this is something that I've been looking at since um, the playoffs started. He is a master at adjustments. They lost game one to Orlando. Bad. Y'all remember that? They got blown out. He made the adjustment. They didn't win no more the entire city. And they shut Orlando down. They played Philly. Made the adjustment. Shut Philly down. They played Milwaukee, number one team in the NBA. They shut Milwaukee down. Now they're playing Golden State, the the orchestrator of this new age basketball that's being played today. Ball movement, man movement. Get up a lot of three-point shots. I ain't going to say a lot of three-point shots, but emphasize on the three-point shot getting to the rack and getting people on backdoor cuts. Just a whole lot of movement. Let's say that. They're shutting Golden State down. And granted, they don't have Kevin Durant. Because <laughs> you get to move more freely when you got a guy who can score 35 a game. You got more space because it's more emphasized on that guy. It's more emphasized on 35 points a game. You feel me? But I believe if KD was 100%, he would have made the adjustment. And as crazy as this is to say, they will still shut down Golden State with Kevin Durant because of the schemes that he... He ran a box and one. He ran a box and one. What NBA coach you know will do that? And what NBA players will be like, we're going to run a box and one? All right, we're going to really go through with this and we're going to play... Every possession in this boxing one, like it's like like it's the last play of the game. These guys are buying in. He literally came in and got these guys to buy in. And the thing that that struck my eye, Kendrick Perkins tweeted this like 10 minutes after the game, a game three. Toronto Raptors did not celebrate after the game three win. I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty much what he said in um, game three on a tweet. That is the eye of a champion. Their focus, and if I was Golden State, I would be worried right now because they 
know what it takes to win. They are on a mission. After game four, it was the same thing. I was listening to their pre, uh, pre-game five uh, interview. Everyone, every one of these guys are focused. From the head to Masai Majeri, I know I butchered his name, but to him, all the way to Nick Nurse, they are focused. So, I am literally telling you right now, Toronto Raptors, they're gonna win. They're gonna win the championship tomorrow. <laughs> Close game, but they're gonna win it tomorrow. Paul Pierce was right for one time in his life. <laughs> that was the last game with Oracle <laughs> on Friday night. So they had a good run. Toronto, um, not Toronto. Golden State had a great run. They did. But um, this is Toronto's year. This is Toronto's year. And I'm not going to talk about the free agency stuff. Um, not this episode. I'll get to it next episode. But um, we're going to break that down all the way because this year's free agency is going to be bananas. It's going to be crazy. So I can't wait. I can't wait to really cover it. The uh, free agency, I can't wait to cover the draft, uh, stuff like that. But, um, man, I want to thank y'all so much for listening in. I will be back for the game five. Hopefully I'll be a prophet. You know, they win. But um, I had Golden State. I still got Golden State. But as good as Toronto's playing defensively, they're shutting down. But, man, I'm telling you right now, I got I got them. So, I got a winning game five. So, I just want to thank y'all so much for listening. I'm not going to babble on. I'm not going to keep y'all on hold. But I will see y'all in the next episode. And until then, I will talk to y'all and listen to y'all and whatever, whatever. Um, (laughs) I'm babbling on. But I will talk to y'all on the next episode. I'm so glad y'all was here to listen to me. So I will see y'all next episode. Peace.